Hi, this is Tim Cripps from the Human Behavior Podcast. Today's show is sponsored by Family Tree Applied Behavior Analysis. Family Tree provides in-home behavior therapy. We provide assessment and skill training for the parents and the kids in order to increase good behavior and to decrease problematic behavior. If you are looking for services for your family, please contact us at 901 938-7408 or you can find us on the web at familytreeaba.com or if you'd like to email us contact familytreeaba at gmail.com the podcast is also sponsored by carrie peacock remax let her help you get into the home of your dreams or of your nightmares if that's what you're looking for either way she'll get you in it at the best price Her number is 901-237-9466, and you can also find her at carriepeacock.com. Hi, Katie. Hi, Tim. So, I clicked again. Don't click. (laughs) (laughs) Try really hard not to click. I need to think of an animal that clicks so that I can compare it to something. (laughs) Anyway, so today we're talking about another Q&A. Yeah. Questions that come up a lot. Yes. And we've got another one from Matt starting out. We do, our number one fan. <laughs> yeah, our number one fan. Or our number one critic. I'm not sure. He's pretty honest. <laughs> but that's good. We all need that in our lives. So what is, what was his question? Uh, let me pull it up for us. <sighs> you think that you would. I'm not prepared prepare. today. You're the preparation person. Well... I wasn't really sure until five minutes ago what we were even doing today, so <laughs> it's, not, it's not my fault. Preparation K. <laughs> no. I'm drinking real Coke today. Yeah? That I found in your fridge. Yep. Which is the first real Coke I've had in probably, gosh, it's got to be 15 years. But you've been drinking full sugar ginger ale. No, that's different, though. That's more medicinal. No. (laughs) It's it's not. But I feel like since I ate vegetarian lasagna. Vegan. Vegan lasagna. There's a big difference. Oh, vegan is no meat, no eggs, no... No animal products at all. Wow. What Mm -hmm. was that cheese made out of then? Um, it's kind of a secret recipe that I use, but it's like a white sauce and it's mainly olive oil and flour mm-hmm. and some mustard. And and special. No, there's no tofu. There wasn't tofu or wheat gluten or any of that in the lasagna you ate. Whatever. It was awesome. Well, good. So I feel that kind of balances out this Coke. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't know how, but... No. Okay, ready? Well, I kind of wanted to mention something, first of all. Okay. We're sort of blowing up worldwide now. I know. We have a, we actually have a most frequent listener, right? Mm. Out of um, Portugal? Saudi, Saudi Arabia and Portugal. Yeah. And then we also have other places like UK, Australia, Japan, Colombia, Canada, Ireland, Philippines, Switzerland, and Brazil. Well, you know, our very first awful sound wise awful podcast we mentioned that we were about to blow up internationally explosion and we did yeah <laughs> yeah yep. so hello mm-hmm. to all of our fans out there in the world thank you so much for listening to us yeah i hope that we can entertain you and educate you on some interesting things hmm. right yeah oh by the way tell them about the patreon thing Okay, I'm not prepared for that question either. That's what makes this show so... <laughs> likable? <laughs> spontaneous. Right, it's, it is very spontaneous. Uh, we have... We're all surprised by what happens here. Always, every day. <laughs> we, okay, well, Patreon, I had never heard of it before we started doing our podcast. And what it is, it's kind of like a way for people in the creative arts to earn money basically to continue creating their art like Um, an old-time patronage yeah exactly that's where the the name of the program comes from Mm -hmm. so it's it's mainly i think for online presence like podcasts and web design and stuff like that but anyway uh we have a patreon page um it's human behavior if you want to look us up and how it works is 
you could uh, become a patron for us, basically, and you get special different things that you can do, like different levels. Um, we have a reward buddies, costs $5 a month, and we mention your name on a podcast. The next level up is friends, and that's $10 per month, and uh, we mention your name in a podcast, and we send you a little goodie in the mail from us. I wonder what that'll be. I have some ideas. I just haven't ran them by you yet. So <laughs> vegan lasagna. Yeah, well, I don't think that would make it all the way to Portugal. <laughs> but uh, then the next level up is besties. That's twenty dollars a month, and we'll mention your name on the air, send you something, and you'll get an exclusive right to vote on whatever the topic of our next or upcoming podcast might be. And then the next level after that, and the highest level is soulmate. <laughs> and that's a hundred dollars and we'll mention your name on the podcast send you something you'll have rights to vote on an upcoming podcast and you could be a guest on the podcast and we'll figure out something to speak with you about that is relevant to our theme of mental health so does that mean that everybody sends us a hundred bucks is going to be on the podcast or is no. it like they get a opportunity to be pulled out of a hat well when i set this account up um you can set limits for how many of these levels are available. Oh, okay. And so the soulmate level, I think there's like three mm-hmm. available. So, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, that if you donate that amount of money, then your name doesn't really go into a hat. It's just you're one of three possible people that will be a guest on our show at some point. And it probably would be short. But what if there's 15 people that want to give us 100 bucks? Well, like I just said, you set limits. <laughs> and so there's three maximum people that are able to do that level. That kind of... All right. <laughs> well, it could be like a five-minute call. <laughs> all right. It's cool. It's okay, right. so apparently the host of Human Behavior doesn't want us to have any soulmates. I want to have soulmates, people. <laughs> <laughs> so... I just want tons and tons of soulmates. No, you don't, because then that would be all of our shows. Oh, we want tons point. and tons of like buddies and best friends that are the lower payers mm-hmm. that everyone can afford, and we don't have to have them as guests on the show, so we can continue doing topics like we do. You know what's also cool about that is that it also gives you a better idea of how many people are out there yeah working with you and those levels are unlimited i mean we can have as many buddies and best friends and but let's say somebody wanted to give us a check for fifteen thousand dollars then we would basically do whatever that person wanted <laughs> for wash their car within reason we would do pretty much whatever that guy or woman needed from us paint their house yeah I would, yeah, I, I really need a new computer. And mm. so if someone was willing to, like, seriously sponsor our show, mm-hmm. I would learn how to use an edger, and mm. I would use that in my lawnmower on their yard all summer long <laughs> for free. And Mucinex, if you're out there. <laughs> yeah, we're, we are regular users. And uh, if you want a sponsorship, just let us know. We'll mention you at the top of the pack. Mm-hmm. The podcast. Podcast. And anybody else out there who's looking for something? Okay, are we ready to yeah, get into so. the topic? I thought we were already. No, we were mm-hmm. talking about sponsorships and oh, stuff, I and I had Matt's question pulled up, and now I have to find it again. Okay. What his question was was how do you deal with a non-compliant spouse or grandparent? that refuses to follow a treatment plan? And I think that's a great question because that definitely happens. Yeah, it happens a lot. It's it's actually happens more commonly than you think because oftentimes, like we've mentioned before, that I usually get referrals from mothers. Mm-hmm. And the fathers aren't so involved with what we're doing. And so they try to implement the plan and you're often trying to you're often trying to convince them how to do it mm-hmm. or how to use it or maybe you don't even see the other parent. So that's a difficult one. What I tend to do is try to get together with the person and explain what we're doing and that usually helps, but if that doesn't happen, then I just do the best I can for 
uh, mom to get in control of the behavior because the truth is, is that when you're alone with your kid and you have done things to establish more um, behavioral control, then that'll be okay for you, typically. Because you have trained them that when you're around me, this is how you behave. This is how you behave. You know, it's amazing, though, that when you have one parent who is following a plan perfectly and seeing all this success, it's amazing. I saw it happen in my own house that I was doing everything, you know, that the plan said to do. And yeah. then the other parent was not. And even though the other parent wasn't around that much, it set us back every time he was. You know, yeah, or you often see effects. So, say somebody's divorced, right, and they are fine at home, mm-hmm. but every time they come back, there's a big spike in problematic behavior again. So, you've got a whole other, you know, two or three days to get them back in shape. Yeah, <laughs> I see that too. That there's, you know, a day usually after they go out of the house mm-hmm. for that reason. When they get back, there's a lot of quiet. And it's not a spike in unwanted behavior so much as it is a spike in no communication behavior. <laughs> like, yeah. we don't talk about things, or I want to, but it's harder. There's no consistent plan from house to house. Right. That's confusing for the kids. Yeah. But, you know, I've also had people that were more than happy to say, look, we're not together anymore, but I want you to go over there too. Because she's having a really hard time dealing with the behavior. Yeah. And I want him to have a good relationship with whatever parent it is. Mm-hmm. Well, that, so much of that depends on the other parent's willingness to be involved, though, too. And it, it is. Sometimes not even willingness, even just recognizing that there's an issue that they need help with. Mm-hmm. But all is not lost if it doesn't work out with one parent. Yeah, I think one parent doing it as great as they can and then getting the school to mm-hmm. do it too. I think that's where these kids spend most of their time. Yeah. And both of those on board, I think is a lot mm-hmm. and you'll still see good results. Don't you think? Oh yeah. For that person. Yeah. For that person. Mm-hmm. Usually when I go into a house, school is fine. They're an angel at school. <laughs> yeah. But schools are really structured, and there's a lot of modeling from other kids on how to behave and what sort of things that they actually get out of the experience of being in school because it's structured, it's routine. Familiar. There's rules. And uh, consequences. And consequences. There's peers to punish you, basically, if you're... Yeah, maybe not even punish, but like... Like you said earlier, modeling, that if you look around and see that like no other kid is doing what I'm doing, maybe I should stop this, mm-hmm. you know, or maybe someone may, will make fun of me, which is awful, but mm-hmm. it all kinds of, kind of ties into... Well, I meant punishment in the sense that, for instance, your behavior, your problematic behavior, makes a friend no longer a friend. Oh, gotcha. So, so they've they lost something that they like. And it would become punishment if the kids stopped the problematic behavior because of the other children removing friendship from that child. Okay. Which also helps to shape that person's behavior. Yeah. Yeah. So then what were, where were you going with that? That then at home it's like, it's their castle, right? And so they just let it all hang out. Well, there's, there's, there's usually a real loose structure there's a real loose structure and there's inconsistency with how they handle things so they may know what to do i mean i've had i don't know how many parents that i've gone to that i just the behavior plan is me repeating back to them what they already know that they should be doing i know that i shouldn't let them get out of picking up their room right (laughs) i know that i should be more structured in what i do but it's exhausting sometimes to keep up with that, especially if the child is, 
has some really severe behavioral issues, which is nice whenever you have a therapist come in to help you out with that stuff. Yeah, and I think sometimes as a mom, even though you can say, like, I know I need to force my child to participate in this thing, like cleaning up her room or setting the table for dinner, sometimes getting your child to do that is really hard and requires some physical interaction. Yeah. And... Just because we know that we need to do that doesn't mean we know that we're doing it the right way, too, which is where the training from you comes in. Mm-hmm. That's super important to do it the right way. Well, and what I like to do, too, is I, I, my preference is that I start out by showing them how to do it and then to get the child under my control, mm-hmm. my behavioral control. And so... It, can be a model and so that they can see, oh, yes, they do act differently around you. Most people say, oh, it's because you're a guy. Right. (laughs) It's because whatever. But the truth of the matter is, is, well, I can't deny that maybe part of it is being male. I can't, you know, I don't know if that's the truth or not. Well, you're pretty imposing, too. I mean, you're a big guy and tall. I think you mean like super muscular and athletic. (laughs) Yes. You're built like an Olympian, and that is, it's it's imposing right. to children. Awe inspiring. Yeah. Okay. But you're really like a teddy bear, so. Uh-huh. Right. Um, yeah, so I try to get them under control. That allows, well, another reason for that is that I have no history with the child. Yeah. Zero history. They may have a history with their parent for, let's say, 10 years. For 10 years, this is how, these are the skills that I've learned how to get what I want. Mm-hmm. So if I want you to pay attention to me, I throw a glass at your head. Oh, wow. So that becomes problematic. Yeah. So you just show how that changes. You, you try to get them under control. However, I would say it really wouldn't matter if I were male or female. If you had a female behavior analyst come in, they would probably do the same thing. And you could eliminate that whole idea of, um, you know, it's just because you're a guy. Right. I don't know. I wonder, I mean, I think men approach things in general differently than women do. And even though behavior analysts all learn from the same foundation, there's probably many different ways, you know, to put it into practice. And I wonder, that would be an interesting study, maybe, to find out if women behavior analysts practice in a unique way compared to men behavior analysts. That in general. A, that is a... Because we have, you know, aren't those statistics about, like, women use so many more words per day than men and, you know what I mean? Like, that kind of stuff. Yeah, I don't know if that's true or not, though. I read that study that you're talking about, and then for some reason I thought that somebody went and looked back at it again and said that that wasn't the case. But I don't know. <laughs> anyway, I think it is interesting. I'm, I couldn't tell you if women approach the problems differently than men. I think that some people are more creative than other people. Yeah. And come up with things that are easier. Like, I'm not really good at... What am I not good at? Nothing, really. I know, you're so good at everything. <laughs> <laughs> I have found the tendency for for some people to be able to be more creative with some things, mm-hmm. too, which is helpful is a helpful way to get to some things yeah well everybody offers some part of their own personal experience into these things you know yeah so getting back to the original point i would still try with the parent if the grandparent refused i would still try with the parent i just wouldn't go over to the grandparents house if they didn't want to work with me yeah I'm not going to bang my head up against the wall. I will try, like, this has worked, this will work, mm-hmm. to sort of um, get the grandparents on the same page with the the parents. Yet, if somebody's not willing to work with me, I'm not going to waste my time. Yeah, it seems like this is made pretty clear. I mean, I don't go with you to appointments, but it seems like it's made pretty clear at the beginning of you know, you and being involved in, um, a children's home, you know, that you, you go in and say that 
this is a whole whole family situation, the eco behavioral thing that yeah. you know that everybody needs to be on board, everybody needs to be involved. And, you know, maybe that's a great opportunity for someone who isn't going to participate to be like, well, I'm out. I'm not going to do this. And then you can say, okay, then we won't be seeing you for a while, you know? Well, the most recent situation I've had with something like that is, you know, we, I teach some specific skills and part of it is that temporarily you're going to have to hurt your child's feelings Mm -hmm. in order to help them live better lives in the future yeah so if they can't get the ball or the toy that they want and they're yelling and screaming and they're mad at you because you're not allowing them to have it and you're holding them and you're not talking to them while they're doing it and you may send them to the room for a time or you may take the ball away yeah that hurts their feelings but they're also learning that acting like that gets me nothing right which is more important yeah yeah but For instance, if you're not willing to say they've got a birthday party that they've got to go to tonight, Mm -hmm. but they're acting atrociously and their behavior is not doing well, you shouldn't quit in the middle of a therapy session to say, okay, let's go to the... Yeah, here's (laughs) this reward for you being... Well, yeah, and you never got to the end of... You never got a chance to see them finally behave well and then say, okay, since you behave so well, we can go to this. Yeah, to like link it all together. But you also have to be saying, since you're not acting well, you cannot go to this rewarding situation. Right. I actually had to do that exact thing mm-hmm. with my oldest when mm-hmm. she was five. Her behavior was so out of control. And this was like a couple hours before her own birthday party was starting. Oh, and we were setting up, and we had, like, the food was coming and stuff, and we had pizza. Mm-hmm. We were just waiting on the guests, and her behavior was so insanely bad that I had to ground her from her own birthday party. So did everybody still come? Yeah, and she could see us out the window. I felt so bad. That's hilarious. Did you, like, put, like, a picture on an easel or something? <laughs> no. <laughs> like, in memory of... No. Um, Remember who we're here for. I just told everybody that she's taking a break, that she had some craziness before the party started, and it was too late to cancel. I mean, everybody was coming, and mm-hmm. so she sat in her room for probably the first half of her party. Wow. Yeah. She's, but She's I mean, determined. She never screwed up another birthday again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you have to be willing to go where you have to go in order to get your behavior, the behavior of your child under control, because essentially... If you're not willing, I think that some people don't realize that the birthday party's not important. The soccer game's not important. The most important thing to your child right now is that their behavior becomes under control. Yeah. Because this child is out of control. They're a danger to themselves or other people. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. It's a, like almost like a prioritizing yeah. that you have to attend to what is on fire right then. And it's not the football game or soccer game, whatever. It's the behavior that's causing this child to not live a happy life, really, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So deal with the fire that's raging, and then you can kind of put out all the small fires around it. But it takes time, too. Yeah, yeah. So, with a case like that, I'm very happy to give up on it because I don't want to waste my time. My time is precious to me, and other people are looking for pieces of my time right. that may follow through with the things that I'm asking them to do. Yeah, and it's dangerous, too, that really didn't want to do it your way, wanted to do it before the training was complete. Mm-hmm. Um, those... Yeah, that's the scary thing is, <clears throat> we're, you know, please don't do this until you've been trained, but right. then it jumps ahead and then it becomes a disaster. Yeah, and the I mean, idea is, I don't think I can do what you're telling me to do, and obviously that's not what I told you to do. What I told you to do was hang on until, yeah, until you, you complete were trained. training. Yeah, which, that's dangerous. 
I mean, that's a dangerous thing to do when you aren't sure about it anyway and you haven't been trained yeah. and then you make a bad situation worse. Right. Some of these kids, that could set them back so far. It could be dangerous in a lot of ways. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Many, many ways. Yeah. And I don't want to be part of that. No. Well, you can't be. I mean, for <laughs> yeah. a lot of reasons. And, you know, I, you know pretty quick, I think. And I, I usually know pretty quick what clients or what referrals I, I feel comfortable are going to really work well with us mm -hmm. and which ones are going to be a challenge. Well, know? people also need to understand that whenever you go in there, you're not actually fixing the kid. You're fixing the environment around the kid to support the kid. Yeah. So. That can be hard too, I bet. that. Well, it's hard, it's hard work. Well, and you have to admit that like, oh, maybe my, maybe I'm not such a super mom. You know, my house is a mess or I don't spend enough quality time or I don't do this. You know, like it kind of makes you look at yourself and have to change some things about yourself. And that's never easy. But you know, most of the time I find that people are willing to do that. I, I find the scenario that we're talking about to be very rare. Really? Yeah. It was hard for me when, you know. Well, you know, but I'm so charismatic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was not easy for me to hear that, you know, that like mm -hmm. you should have done it this way or you could have handled it this way and it oh, would have been better. Sure. Yeah. But yeah, sometimes that's not easy to hear. Right. Yeah. But it usually makes sense. But it works, and you have to just go with it. And then you realize, like, oh, okay, this guy's got experience and education, and he knows what he's talking about, and mm -hmm. I don't have that when it comes to that, you know? You know, when it was really hard was whenever I was in graduate school, mm -hmm. becoming a behavior analyst, and my job was to go in to tell parents who had been indicated for abuse and neglect or that were mm -hmm. at risk of being indicated for abuse and neglect was coming in as a 20 year old with no children and cut off jeans and a tie dye shirt and long hair and saying, this is how you should parent. <laughs> <laughs> and they were like, oh, okay, thanks. Sure, bud. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you can go now. Yeah. Right. That's, yeah. Yeah. That's tough. So yeah, I think, did we cover that one? Yeah, I think we did. Matt will let us know if we didn't. <laughs> <laughs> Today is the Matt Show. That's what we should call it. The Matt Show. Yeah. We could have him as a guest. Look, if you guys have questions out there for us, then contact us through our Facebook page, which is Family Tree. Yes. <laughs> yes, Tim. We should get one separate from the Family Tree, though. Well, I'm working on a website right now for human behavior. Well, how do people get a hold of the Patreon thing? They have to download the app, the Patreon app. And really and it's not for... us or is Yeah, there a... but it's really not for the random public. It's more for creators helping creators. I mean, we wouldn't turn away any support, but Patreon is really for one creator wanting to support another creator. So, like, we could get on here and search... You're all creators, folks. Yeah. <laughs> Right. Everybody's got creativity in their yeah. bones. I'm not sure that everyone will be able to actually log on to Patreon because you have to upload samples of who you are. and Really? Yeah, it's for artists helping artists. I don't know. Okay, well, whatever. You're all artists out there, folks. We love you. <laughs> yeah. Paint a picture and then upload something. Okay, so I have another question. Um... I feel like this is something we get a lot, and it, I feel like this is something that confuses a lot of our clients that are new to ABA. Yeah. Some even that aren't new to ABA, because we do function differently than like a center. Yeah. Yeah. And so I thought maybe we could go over what it looks like when you're hired. So you call us. We say... Yes, you know, we'll see you, and now we need you to fill out this new client information and get yeah. copies of your insurance cards. Right. We need XYZ to make sure that you'll get coverage for your insurance. And you send them a telephone book to look at because of all of the laws applying to your practice that has to have things filled out. Yeah. We only had one complaint over that, though. 
how big that. Yeah, we yeah. got rid of that person fast, too. <laughs> no, no. But anyway, so that's where it starts. And that can take some time just getting you covered. Well, just getting approved for the insurance yeah. company. No matter when you put it in, sometimes it seems like it takes It's forever. forever. Yeah. So that takes some time. Yeah. Then we start, you start with the assessment, yeah. which is all we're authorized to do from the insurance. Right. That's a good point because it totally makes sense to me that you could just go into treatment. But the way that it's set up is that you do an assessment. You're first approved for assessment hours. Mm-hmm. And then you send your assessment in, and then you can be approved for treatment hours. So there's a delay there is between a those. gap in treatment and assessment for sure, and it makes no sense to me. No, but I guess it's the nature of what you do that. So the assessment hours, you go in to the environment, right, the home or school, mm-hmm. and you observe and you collect data. Correct. And then you write an assessment report. Right. And that includes all of what you saw and learned while you were there for those amount of hours. And the general framework for a plan. And the framework for a plan. So then we send that back to the insurance company. Right. And with our recommendations of, yes, this child needs ABA. This is how much we want to see them. Yeah. Then the... How many hours? Yeah. Yeah. And for what, you know, like what exactly you, you want to do with them. them. For. Yeah. And then it takes a while for the insurance company to say, oh, yeah, okay, we do agree with you, so here's your authorization for treatment. And then you go back yeah, and you start with, with that. So it's two very distinct parts, and yeah. there is a ridiculous gap in we the middle. We try to expedite as much as possible. Some insurance companies are really good about, about that. Yeah. And it's not, it, the gap is not too big. But mm-hmm. others are very slow moving and we don't love it. It doesn't, it's not, it doesn't work well for what you do and what you need to do, but it's just something out of our control. Yeah. Cause I really like to get in there and start helping. Yeah. And the parents, a lot of times by the time they get to us, they're like, can we please get going? The you know, kid has matured out of the behavior problem. Right. <laughs> by the time, like we get approval for treatment. Well, the kids... you can drive now. And... Yeah. No, it's not that long, but, um, yeah, I just felt like we needed to cover that. There are two distinct phases with a pause in between that isn't in our control we can't make it move any faster than it does then you have reauthorizations yeah after usually about six months but sometimes it's three months yeah those we can kind of stay ahead of and we can you know pretty quickly into treatment whether this is going to be a three-month thing or a nine-month thing you know yeah we can stay ahead of those but it's the initial requests that seem to take the longest. Right. Yeah. And there's stuff to do. I mean, we have to have a copy of somebody's diagnosis. There's got to be usually a, a written on a prescription pan oh, from so a specific. medical doctor of some sort, whether it's the primary care physician or a psychiatrist, that they need specifically ABA services. It's like a prescription for therapy, ABA therapy, yeah. Mm -hmm. And sometimes that's not easy to get either. If we have a client that, you know, say is in their 20s and their diagnosis was received when they were six. Right. You know, that's digging through a lot of paperwork to get the original diagnosis information. Oh, yeah. Yeah. However, I think it will suffice if the current treating physician just writes up what the yeah it will for most it will for the big ones the ones we use the most Mm -hmm. the insurance companies so another question that's come up a lot for me is can you see my child that has adhd the answer is i would love to and we can impact that Mm -hmm. however most insurance companies do not provide behavioral services for children with ADHD. I hate that. Well, it makes no sense to me. You know, they're willing to give stimulants and drugs to these kids, but they consider that less restrictive. We had that discussion already, yeah. and you know I don't agree with that. But I think 
I don't know. I, you know, I look at some of these kids with ADHD and I think that ADHD is what makes them really passionate or them. Like it's part of their personality, personality and yeah. I don't want to squan to squash that. I I mm. want that to be part of who they are, but they also need to learn how to focus. Yeah. You know, so that's where you would come in and it seems like the insurance companies would be on board with that. Well, you know the funny thing? I'm not going to mention the insurance company by name because I may not be able to contractually. <laughs> <laughs> but it's so funny because there's some insurance companies that say we have supporting literature on what the best treatment for things are. Mm-hmm. So if you look up ADHD and you click on see related articles to treatment for ADHD... It comes up from some CDC um, group or from NCBI. What is that? NCBI. National Center. Mm, I don't know. I'll look it up. NCBI. Yeah. Or HI. I don't know. Anyway. National Institutes of Health, those types of places, legitimate places. And it will say, best treatment for this, behavior therapy. Yeah. National Center for Biotechnology Information. That's it. Okay. I get a lot of info from there. But what they're just sort of a, um, what's the word? Data? No. (laughs) (laughs) They're just sort of a data. They're... (laughs) No, they're like a clearinghouse for intellectual papers, you know. Oh, okay. Yeah. So you go there and you find stuff on there from all kinds of different important people. And like I said, they reference in their own insurance. Please check this for standard treatments of your child's disability. And it's ABA. And it's, yeah. it's behavior <laughs> but, analysis. It's But we don't cover it. They call it behavior therapy. They'll call it behavior mod. Yeah. But it's all behavior analysis. So, what that means is that... Probably parents need to complain more, honestly. Nobody's going to care what I say. Yeah, because, because you're the provider. Yeah, you're in it for the money, dude. So, yeah, the parents need to get up and revolt. Oh, and by the way, I... <laughs> <laughs> he just about bounced out of his chair. Yeah. You just remembered something really exciting. Well, I was reading an article... And I discovered that in Tennessee, you can appeal based on medical necessity. This does not work for Medicaid. Okay, so if your child has Medicaid or Mm -hmm. Medicare, I guess it's just Medicaid. Medicaid, yeah. Then this will not work. This is mostly for private insurance companies. Mm -hmm. But there is a law, at least in Tennessee, but there's 40 three other states or 44 other states that are part of this as well Mm -hmm. that have similar laws in Tennessee it's title 56 chapter 61 of the Tennessee health carriers grievance and external review account wow yeah and so it gives you guidelines on how to appeal a like if you were declined for services, then you can appeal that decision and say, no, this is medically necessary. My kid needs this therapy. Right. And it goes through all of the instructions of what you need to do. Oh, that's good to know. And I suppose we can do part of that on our side too. Like, Hey, we'll put it in. Um, (laughs) don't, don't offer for me to file appeals for people that I think that pretty much has to come from the subscriber. Don't you think? It can come from a number of people. It's like a list as long as my arm. Who can file an appeal? Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, I'll add that to my job description. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the idea is is that it's an external review panel that says, yes, this person does qualify, and you provide mental health benefits within your insurance company, so why aren't you providing it for this particular mental health issue? Yeah. It's... I feel like we're kind of still in the dark ages when it comes to mental health and insurance. It's really a, I don't even know how to describe it. I, it's like a labyrinth of 
Nobody knows the answers. Nobody can give you explanations. Oh, I know. They're such big companies, but nobody knows what's going on at all. No. I, and it, you know what? It often winds up with things getting denied. No. Oh. Which makes you think. What's the job of the insurance company to well, and pay for your services or to deny them? Well, they just keep making it go and go and go and go. So and then by the time you find, like, this is how I had to say it, or this mm-hmm. is how I had to ask for the service or payment or whatever, by that time, it's expired. And you can't, you know, then they don't have to pay you because you've waited too long to figure out the right way to ask for something. <laughs> and right. Like, it's ridiculous. And I also saw some other literature. I'm going to have that here in front of me. That said that essentially the more you appeal, the more likely it is that you will have, you will get services. So more the more often you appeal? Yeah, so your first time, it may be denied. Your second time, more likely to be denied. Or more likely to be approved. Oh, wow. Third time, even more likely than the second time. So like squeaky wheel gets the grease type yeah. thing. I don't know when that starts uh, becoming a diminishing return thing, but... Yeah. Well, that's good to know. It is good to know. <laughs> so, I don't know. This has been pretty long so far. I think it's partially because we acted like a couple of dorks during the first 15 minutes. So Was that 15 minutes? I don't know. I don't know either. Do you have any other questions that are often asked? Oh, I have another question. Um, or something that I get asked a lot is... What is an RBT? Oh yeah, an RBT is a re- is a registered behavior technician, which is a person that helps a behavior analyst implement a behavior plan. Sometimes they'll come in and they'll take data, but they can't actually do the assessment. But oftentimes, what'll happen is the behavior analyst will go in, they'll do the assessment, they'll write up the plan. they'll do the initial training, or at mm-hmm. least that's what I've been doing. Mm-hmm. It's the initial training. And then the RBT sees the family more frequently. And Mm -hmm. then I would supervise the RBT. And they're registered. They've met minimum standards to become, minimum professional standards to become an RBT, meaning that there's some overriding body that has ensured that they've had enough education Mm -hmm. and that they have passed a test. Right. That certifies them, a certification. Well, it's not a certification. It's a registration, I guess. I think it's a certification. Well, whatever. Because when we have to hire them, that's what's listed on the thing is an RBT certification. Oh, okay. They get like a certificate at the end. Okay, I stand corrected. Either way, they've met some standards. Yeah. So it's not just like... And completed a program. Yeah. And, yeah. It's not just Joe Blow walking off the street. It's somebody who has some experience and some <laughs> training and not some dude. <laughs> yeah. But that wouldn't work. No. No. So yeah, what uh, RBT then, the assessment is where you go in and you figure out what's going on right. and what kind of plan you're going to write. So the RBT can't do that. Well, I think they can help me collect data. They can help you collect data. But they can't analyze it or... No. They just turn it in. Right. Yeah. So they are similar to you. They And their function is they have more time available to spend with the high-hour clients because you're going right. around doing assessments exactly. and writing plans. And it helps me spread the love, spread the healing joy. That you can be in more feel. places at once, basically. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Don't get creepy. <laughs> <laughs> Too late. Yeah, right. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. Anyway, so that's about it. That's all I could think of. I really did want to go over the distinct two parts of ABA and then yeah, that's a good idea. what an RBT is. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. So maybe something will come of this ADHD thing. I know that the president of the Tennessee Association for Behavior Analysis has been working with some of the state's insurance companies to expand the amount of um, disabilities or the types of conditions Mm -hmm. that can be treated. Like open it up a little bit. Yeah, yeah. 
and hopefully they'll be successful with that. Yeah, I and hope hopefully so. they'll be successful with that everywhere. But like I said, you know, I've used self-funded insurance before, meaning like there's a company that's big enough and wealthy enough to fund all of its health insurance. Yeah. It's distributed usually by another company. Yeah. And they will pay for that service. Yeah. You just have to make a phone call and yeah, push for it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But it's not impossible. No. Mm-mm. So there's ways around it, it sounds like, that, you know, if you're in a specific circumstance that possibly you could get coverage for ADHD. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, I mean, we have private pay, too. Yeah. If people are not going to be able to do it through insurance, so. Right. And I'm sure a bunch of other people do as well. Mm-hmm. So, we're approaching the 50-minute mark. Is there anything else to talk about? I don't think so. I guess uh, we have a really interesting show coming up in August that I feel like we should maybe... Well, give it a plug. Okay. Well, we will be interviewing from University of Memphis, President Rudd, president of the university. Is that... That's correct, right? Yep. Which I found that out, and now I'm even more nervous about this show. Dr. David Rudd. David Rudd. And he is an expert on suicide. And we thought that this show would be pretty timely considering the celebrity suicides that have happened. Well, and I believe that suicide rates are going up in the United States over, you know, I don't know, maybe a 20-year period of time, but they are going up. Yeah. So I'm really excited for that show. I think that's going to be a really interesting conversation in preparation, I've watched 13 Reasons Why and seriously wish that I hadn't. It is so disturbing, but I know it's going to come up because it's another part of the contagion type thing that we were talking about mm-hmm. with mass shootings. So, yeah, that one, I think it's going to be middle of August. We don't have a date for sure. No, I think we do. August 17th, maybe. Wow. Maybe you're right. I'm always right. <laughs> That must be nice. <laughs> I know you don't know what that feels like. <laughs> correct. See, I'm right again. You, <laughs> one time I thought I was wrong. But I was but right. it turned out I was right. Yeah. So um, that was a mistake. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. something like that. It'll be cool. It'll be another location. Yeah, we'll be at On University location. of Memphis. Okay, I'm trying to look it up here. Of course, we'll have some stuff in in between as well. We've got some more people to talk to about their information that they're doing, and you can watch 13 Reasons Why, and I guess I'll probably just read some of Dr. Rudd's writings. August 17th. Yep. Yeah, so by that night, <clears throat> it'll be out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. On location. On location with President... Paul Rudd. <laughs> Not Paul Rudd. Dr. Paul Rudd. Dr. David Rudd. Paul Rudd is Ant-Man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dr. David Rudd. Suicide expert. So that's coming up. And in between now and then, we'll have other shows and... Um, more guests. Yeah, more guests. I wish that our listeners would um, maybe offer some more insight into what they'd like to hear about or talk about. Mm-hmm. So go to the Family Tree ABA Facebook page. Give us some suggestions of what you might be interested in. Tell us questions that you might have so we can do another Q&A. And also support us on Patreon, which, again, how do you get to that? You download the app. You download the app. Mm-hmm. And search for human behavior. Excellent. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. That one, I really wasn't sure how to put that one together. I did it, but I'm not sure that I did it right, and I'm not sure I even really understand what it is. Is there a way to link that to Facebook or, like, our webpage or something? Well, yeah, I've shared it. I've shared our link. Oh, you did? Yeah, many times. But it's uh Maybe I should look at it from time to time. You might want to know what's going on in your world. <laughs> it's too stressful to find that out. Yeah, I've tried um, to to really figure this out, but I don't know exactly. Here I'm looking. I don't know. 
Yeah, see, it's for creators to creators. You're not a patron of any creators that we would find people that were similar to us or doing something that... No, that's not what that means. It's saying we, you, this person looking at the app right now, you're not a patron of any creators yet. Mm-hmm. So you could just be a normal, uncreative person <laughs> that likes to hear super creative people like us do super creative, wonderful things. Right, like talk on a podcast into a microphone. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not sure. This was all brand new to me, so I'm not really sure how it works. Anyway, it's... if you're totally lame and don't have a creative bone in your body, <laughs> you can't do it. You can still donate. You can do it. Yes. Yes. You can do it. You can. You can do it. <laughs> you will do it. <laughs> Don't hypnotize the audience. You will do it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I think that's it for today, right? Yeah, pretty good. It was a fun catch-up. Oh, yeah, just just a joy. Just a delight. A delight that included a little more Coke. <laughs> Coca-Cola. <laughs> uh-huh. And, um, anyway, I guess that's it. Yeah. I guess we'll, um, please remember to put some outro music on. I think I might do it. I'm thinking of some, like, booming beats. Oh, don't do it again. There. No, don't, <laughs> don't, not... don't get your drum app out again. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. Well, anyway, also, if you just want to hear us talking like dorks the whole time, like we kind of did right today, <laughs> then let us know that, too. Yeah. So we'll have another episode next week. Don't know what it's about yet, but... Also, let us know if you like Katie better or me better. I don't think that's a good idea. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'll be crushed, basically. <laughs> no, I don't I don't think either of us are strong enough to handle whatever answer we would get. Right. We're not perfect people. <laughs> <laughs> well, speak for yourself. Oh, that's right. I forgot. Yeah. Anyway, thank you for listening. Yep. Uh, hello to the... Foreign listeners. Portugal, Saudi Arabia. Ireland, Brazil. Well, our top listeners are Portugal, right? Saudi Arabia is number one. Yeah. Well, hi. Hi. <laughs> yep. All right. So that's it. Thank you.